With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Hello and thanks a lot for tuning in to the Gig Pod live section of the Celtic State of Mind Quadruple Charity Weekender. I'm Stevie and I'll guide you through the next hour of this special live podcast. Now, as you can see, I'm not alone and since Alex Kearney pulled out of coming on, there's a real miracle of Christmas. Reedzo, get out of bed in time to do this podcast. John, good afternoon. Yes. Are you drinking cider already or what? Uh, no, I've uh, decided to be professional. I've actually even got some notes and wow. a bit of paper, like the good old days. No, I'll wait until the game starts before I start getting stuck into my ciders. Amazing, right? Well, look, before we talk about the football, Rizzo, mm-hmm. we're on here for charity at Podomania. So the Pod Tims had their fatal four-way last night and the Grand Old Pod guys are covering the main event later. You had Celtic Underground and the Celtic Daz doing the No Ho Bird event. I'd say we are the intercontinental slot here, so... Are we not probably the, bath- the bathroom break, probably? 
Foss, no comment. So it's been extremely successful so far, and there's been over fifteen thousand pounds raised. Um, you were in the tens. It's more than that now, by the way, to eighteen and a half thousand pounds. That's sensational. So you were in the Terence Terry Wogan role last week. So lead us away, John. Why are we doing this? Right. Well, you're breaking up, but there's four charities that we're raising money for: uh, Rock Talk, the Food Fact. Friends, Food Bank, Children First and Help for the Homeless. Four great charities. Of course, Celtic were founded as a charitable club. Charities which Celtic's always been about. And to find out more, and if you want to donate, go to at ACSOMPod on Twitter, a Celtic State of Mind pod, and the link will be there in the Kickstarter. And so far, we've raised £18,516. There you go. Sensational stuff. That is absolutely amazing. I didn't realise it was that much. I thought it was just like 15,000 last I checked. Uh, it was, but it's not probably because the fans knew that we were coming on. Uh, it were wonderful words of wisdom. <laughs> right, well, <laughs> look, an introduction to us at Glasgow's Green, aka Gigpod. Now, for anyone asking ourselves, who are these clowns? Let me assure you, we're the most professional clowns in the biz. We now yes. use microphones, we take out every cough and sniff before we release a podcast and more importantly, we do about two minutes worth of research as well. But it wasn't always this way, as originally when we were founded in 2016 um, and there was another member who had to chuck it due to work commitments, we were in that invincible season when we started Gigpod um, and we were there pretty much every step of the way, every week, uh, kicking every ball. Also interviewing Mark Reaper today and sharing a buffet at the end of the season with Neil Lennon himself and that Jockstein Lounge. It was mainly highs. The only lows, however, been when you were on Rizzo as well was covering Celtic in the PSG games. Now, we chucked oh. it. I know, we, I know. Let's have a moment of reflection there. We chucked it in October 2017, but we made a return for this historic season, mainly because a nuisance known as Spunkphone, that's genuinely his at, he's a prolific Twitter user. So he was on at us. He's actually a guest a few weeks ago, but he was on at us constant um, just to bring back Gigpod. And eventually, here we are. We're back, back with a bang. And our gimmick is we keep it all condensed in half an hour because people's attention spans have pretty much deserted them nowadays. Yep. So this hour is going to be a novelty. John, I have to ask you, have you enjoyed being back? Or like rigs and lethal weapon? Are you too old for this shit? And of course I've enjoyed being back, Stevie. I love getting to talk about Celtic with you every week. It's, <laughs> uh, it's great. Although our return did coincide with a truly terrible run of form for Celtic, so I hope we don't <laughs> get the blame for that. We probably will. But we should right. also point out that years and years ago we also did a podcast with four Tims and a podcast uh, stalwart, Bruce Hillboy. We did indeed. Did you, see, um, did you see him last night? Did you see that jumper he was wearing? I did. It was just... Typical Bruce, that's all I have to say. I would expect <laughs> nothing more for the man. Right, look, I'm not going to go on about his jumper. He got dogs abuse for it last night. I, it's, it's it's became iconic, and I'm sure he will review it in New Year and Neil Lennon. <laughs> but look, before we talk about the Hearts game today, right, so let's yes. get into the past three finals of the quadruple treble era. So, as you know, I gave up a ticket for not one, but two of them. But let's start with the first one, the Invincible Treble, May 2017, Celtic 2, Aberdeen 1. I watched it at home, but John, you were at Hamden, and for once you were an animated individual. Talk us through your memories and experiences of that day. 
Oh, it was uh, unbelievable. It was uh, nerve-wracking because even though we dominated that season, we didn't play that well at all in the final. And you'll probably remember that Aberdeen missed a right good chance to go 2-1 up when uh, I think Johnny Hayes sort of either he played the ball he played the ball long and I think it was McLean that missed mm-hmm. it it was and then I was in the game where an unnamed uh, person <laughs> who works for who works for St but uh, we were like I think we're going to blow this and then Tom Rogic star man one of my favourite ever Celtic players turns up with a moment of genius and the celebrations were sensational apart from your Steve done but uh, no it was amazing Probably, even though I don't get emotional, of course, I'm a man of stone. I did feel uh, a tad emotional at the end of the game. It was uh, just an amazing achievement. I mean, if we'd got to that final no one after that unbeaten season, it still would have been great, but that would have took the gloss off it. But it was an amazing day until we went to yours after it. Well... Aye, I was about to say, now for everybody watching this, I'm sure there's, what, I'm going to assume, 40,000 people by my estimations, but John, you have never let me live down my celebrations after that game, so go, you can Mm -hmm. rip into me, tell the audience what was so bad about my behaviour after that game. Well, no, it was because you lived uh, near Hamden, and you heard the goal being celebrated by the fans, or you heard the roar before you saw the goal on TV, so you decided not to go mad and celebrate but then when we went to yours after, you were god mad and celebrated when Chelsea equalised against Arsenal for some unfathomable reason. Defend yourself. No, I can't because... Thank you. I can't. I'm going to have to skip. No, talking about that particular game, though, I think I think it was just because I knew like beforehand. I told you, like, you know what my shtick is. I always say we're going to win. Oh, good, there's a shtick, new final. Oh, why there was an, oh, I actually got to see an eye roll there. <laughs> is that what you do off camera every time we do this? But yeah. I'll, like, we beat Aberdeen, what was it, five out of five already that season? And every mm-hmm. game was pretty much, we steamrolled them. Uh, it, in some cases, I mean, we went to Petaudry and battered them a couple of weeks beforehand and I never once thought we were going to have any problems with it. But the final turned out to be a wee bit closer than I would have liked unfortunately but yeah anyway getting into the celebrations I remember saying still to people in the chat I was in before the game I remember saying we're going to score three minutes into injury time it's not going to go to extra time because we were relentless we were battering them for about 15 minutes um, like it's Sinclair Roberts missing chances we're done we were all over them and then when Rogic scored it was just inevitable I knew it was happening but yes I did hear the roar about 15 seconds before it actually showed it in the TV and then when I saw the goal it was a a polite applause and you've just never let me live it down no, but I don't understand how you want to run and jump up and do the house going mad I know you're your, your child but you still could have like I actually didn't you're just making this oh, I know you did actually yeah I forgot that was I forgot your mum was watching but uh, I don't know why you didn't lose the plot I mean I certainly did at the game and I'm not that type of guy, you know. No, but uh, no, that, that's enough slagging. Are you? Let's go into a happier day for you now. The the season after the cup, the cup final against Motherwell, the two 0 win, one of the best days of your life. So tell the tell the viewers why it was. So you're talking about me not lo- losing the plot in that particular game, but the Motherwell one I did. Um, I think as well, I had a personal wee beef with Motherwell. Just uh, that was at the start of the. 
bizarre live laugh love social media era. I know you love just, I know they were they were <laughs> working me into a shoot. So anyway, um at that game, the game that I didn't give up my ticket for this time, uh we obviously won two 0 and McGregor and Cham they just settled early. That was one of the again I, before I go into how it was one of the best days out. Um someday that's never a player that's never mentioned in that game was Moussa Dembele. I thought he was outstanding that game. He yeah. bodied Motherwell completely. I mean, there was at one point, even just setting up Cham's goal, I think he laid it off to him and there was like three Motherwell players around him. He just used his strength so well and it's he's been such a big miss for us, especially in a season like this when you need a, a pure brute up front. Um, mm. Dembele would have been brilliant for us like that. But anyway, to get into the, the game itself um, against Motherwell... Before the game, <laughs> it was myself and another unnamed individual who were sitting together. And we were sitting, I think it was at maybe the, the area, the stand opposite. Do you know where the dugouts are at Hamden? Aye. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, <laughs> I remember going to come up through Aikenhead Road and I remember saying to this individual, look, I've lived near Hamden all my life. I know what I'm going to do. I know how he, I know how we can take a shortcut. So this individual, again unnamed, was uh, rolling his eyes, going, "I don't think you know what you're doing." Um, and I had I had a few drinks before it, right? So I'm just in my in my arrogant persona. No devils can convince me that I know best here. And uh, I went, "Look, we're going to take this way. This is this this will get us into the ground quicker. Then we'll just take a big shortcut to go in." And this individual the entire time is going, we're not going to get in. You're taking us around the wrong way. Um, <laughs> so I'm so adamant that I'm, I'm right here. And it turns out, right, that we actually go into the gods of Hamden to the point where you can't actually cut from this area to go around to your seat. And this was 10 minutes before kickoff. And you know, I see my <laughs> face, John. I was mortified. I mean, genuinely, I just put my hands up and I went, I, just, I tried to get out of it by going, eh, it was a work. But no, usual was, it's my usual get out. But this person just wasn't having it. So, Bruce, how was it one of the best days of your life? And because I ended up getting to see, it. I ended up pleading with a steward, and the steward took pity on me. I think it was nearly tears in my eyes, and he went right, go in your seat. So we got to see it. The game itself was settled early. It was a roasting hot day, and I think after it, um, myself, did you go to Celtic Park? Didn't because we went into the city centre after it, and we just got steaming. But it was just a brilliant day. It felt like it felt like such a long day, um, and unlike the previous final, there was not any rain at all. It was just a sun splitting the sky in Glasgow day. It was fantastic, and it was just a real party atmosphere. And it, the scenes at Celtic Park after it, I saw the next day. I was oblivious they were even happening, but it just looked like it was such a great celebration. It was brilliant. That's what I've been, you know, winning a cup final is all about. Really, isn't it? And I had to walk in a mist of fun. So uh, let's talk about last year's. Uh... Final now, another uh, interesting day. Uh, again, you gave up your ticket and I was walking. And it was uh, an interesting aftermath after the game, as you always say. But let's talk about the game. Well, would you want, where do you want to start? Like, is it, the first half was a non-event. It was terrible. It was awful. A rubbish, rubbish game of football. Only came into light in the second half. I think it was Edwards that scored for Hearts, wasn't it? Aye. Form part of this whole see, see when he scored... Did mm. you think at that moment, because Brendan Rodgers wasn't the manager, because we'd been stuck on a wee bit in the league under Lennon, we had like a few goalless draws, I believe, as well, and we had to really rely on last-minute goals against, like, you know, Hearts before it, and then Dundee, I believe, at Dens Park to really seal it, and Aye. obviously Rangers after that too. Did you think mm. our luck was maybe running out and it was going to catch up with us at any point? 
This will shock you, but yes. <laughs> I thought, oh, I thought, because we've been playing so ropey, even no as ropey as this season, but Bower standards were playing ropey, I thought, oh no, we've blew it. Lenny's not going to be the manager. But then, thankfully, Eddie. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Won that penalty, scored his cell, and then done his usual with a winning goal, superb finish. And then after the game, it was announced that Lenny was getting off of the job after talking to Peter Lowell in the shows. So uh, that was interesting after enough. I remember texting you after it, in fact, and we were both incredulous. I was like, well, not, I mean, I was seething at first, and then I just, as I always say, I respected them. I just laughed because I was like, well, me getting raging is not going to change it. And, no. you know, I can, or this morning's not going to change anything. I'll, I'll still try and enjoy the summer. I can understand why so many fans were incensed, though. It was such, as I always say, we say, everything we do in a podcast, John, it's, there's so much sentiment. Uh, it's a subject I'll get on later when we talk about today's game. And there was just so much emotion with it. Instead of just taking a step back for a business angle and going, is this the right move? It's done now, playing as a manager. We can't do anything about it. But do you have any particular memory about that uh, Hearts final in 2019? Uh, just really, Eddie was the star man. I mean, he'd done brilliant for the winning goal, anticipating uh, Lustig's header. And, like... Hopefully he can do similar the day he's if he's on form the sort of guy that could win you the cup final sale like they did last year. And like even when he played against Rangers in the cup final last year, he only played for about thirty minutes, half an hour, but he was a massive player for us. So I mean none of the games have been absolutely brilliant. They've been tense and exciting. The Motherwell one was pretty dull, but it was not one. So but I'd take another Motherwell today. An easy two 0 win. But we'll talk about the game in more detail later. Yeah, I just wanted to say before we get on about other one of our next segments is talking about Hearts games in December over the years gone by. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about a meltdown that both of us had in 2012. Wasn't it a final, but it was oh, against right. Hearts. It was a Hamden special from our friend Neil Lennon. Hearts <laughs> semi-final 2012, uh, the game that broke me for a while. It was oh. a reminder, I guess, of Neil Lennon's team being heavy favourites. Uh, and then being absolute idiots. Now, particularly me in that game, I mean, I, yes. I completely lost the, the plot after the game. We'll get to that in a minute. But I guess when we look back on that, it's maybe a wee reminder that we've been here before against Hearts, you know, overwhelming favourites. We've got far better players. We've got a, unquestionably a better team. But finals are just a one-off game and anything can happen, as we saw in that fateful day in 2012. It'll help and all if we get any headers, like six yards out. We don't manage to miss them twice, like Key did. 
I think he missed two headers, like Felix Sierdzu, yeah. somehow. But okay, that was just one of the days. I mean, we well, did sort of get cheated as usual with the referee. I mean, it was a terrible decision. <laughs> you ran down to the front of Hamden, he yes. remonstrated for some unexplicable reason. I, th- I think I left. I left just to, uh, right after they got the penalty. So I'm, because I, I thought, oh, we've done it now, we're out. And I don't usually leave early, but I thought, oh, I'm, I want to get an early start back to the bus. But uh, they, uh, I missed all the, the craziness after it. Like, I was not getting a penalty in the end, but you never, and made a fool of yourself. But you live, you live and learn. You were only in your late 20s. Eh? I believe that, I think the ref that time, was it Was it you and Norris? I'm not sure. So, I don't know. So much as, as I say, as I say, we do two minutes. We do two minutes worth of research on Gigpod, so it's shining <laughs> through here. But no, I mean, I did. I, I was so convinced that day we we were cheated. Um, I ran down to the front of the stand. It's you know where the Green Brigade are behind the goal. Yes, I remember it well. Ah, yeah, I ran down to the front of the stand, screaming abuse, so vile to the ref and the linesman that if I repeated on here this wonderful charity event would get pulled, and we can't have that when so many people have put in hard work. Hold on a sec. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what the other memorable semi-final as well when we got that uh, against Everness, where we got cheated. You were? I was. I was at that one. I, I wasn't at that game. Because uh, you had a personal vendetta with Ronald the Dialer, didn't you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, you, d- you didn't. go as you weren't as intense that day. No, I wasn't as I wasn't as raging that day. Um, you weren't as emotional. <laughs> No, I wasn't. I think just because I mean that season was just a strange one as well. But right. I just again I expected us. I think we went ahead, didn't we, through the Van Dyke the the free kick? Yep. Yeah, and then it all just fell apart when who gets sent? Craig Gordon gets sent off, didn't Craig Gordon, who we'll talk about later. Yeah, today's game. Yeah, he gets sent off. So Lewis came on, um, and then after that, yeah, because it was Adam Matthews, I think, that couldn't make the tackle. So Aye. Gordon oh, brought well. down the attacker. But I, I remember after see it was after that as soon as we went down to ten men. That was a moment in my head at that semi final. I went, nah, we're done here. We still equalised, I know. Uh, John Goodet. That's right, that's that S and sold the jerseys, didn't they? I did, yeah. Uh, then, also, I think it was David, that's so Raven, that scored the winner. But Quote the Raven, not again. <laughs> Never more. <laughs> no, so I mean, look, I'm not wanting to, to make it too negative and all that, because. No. We have had a couple of horrors at hand in Lane and said them. I mean, you can talk about like Kilmarnock final in 2012 and St Mirren. 2013, but aye, let's move on before Only we drag everybody days. down. I think we're down to 30,000 viewers now after that wee moment of negativity, but <laughs> like talking about Celtic Hearts games, I mean, first off let's be honest here, this is mad that we're having a final in December, it's not really at home, has it? No, I mean, I think that's apart, I think that's one of the reasons why maybe the media, apart from the fact that we probably still don't like Celtic, lads uh, <laughs> then there's like even the build-up starts on a uh, BBC. I think quarter past one. I mean, see, but in the good old days, like, the final build-up used to be on all day. I know it's still December, but and there's no fans. But come on, give the final a bit more respect. I mean, wish I think people are trying. We won't, but I think people, quote unquote, neutrals, are trying do down this uh, achievement winning a cup today. Like, I know we're no happy about Celtic this season, but I mean four trebles in a row is never ever ever going to happen again and I think more should be getting made yet yeah I would agree with that as well I mean I'm actually stunned that it's still in play I know the league get pulled last year eh, well Aye. last season this year rightly so but 
Mm-hmm. And I'm very surprised the Scottish Cup didn't either. Um, and I'm, what was the reason for that? Is it just down to I like, think they were, wait, I think they were hoping, well, sponsors, and I think they were hoping the fans would be back by now. I, I think they tried to delay it as long as possible, but of course, that's not happening. We couldn't, the, the idea to move it to Inverness, which the Inverness chairman or chief executive had, was sadly, uh, didn't happen. But that was up. Did you hear about that? No, this is news to me. Inverness, uh, I think the chief executive offered to host the final because they can get fans. They wanted 150 Celtic fans and 150 Hearts fans to go to the game and they would have played at Inverness Stadium, but the SFA turned it down because they said it contractually had to be played at Hamden. That would have just been weird. I mean, it's weird enough as it is, but. Yeah. I've got to say, for once, I would rather watch it at an empty Hamden than up in Inverness with 300 fans not being able to properly celebrate it. That would have just been even more bizarre. That's mad. I know. I know. I couldn't get it when I read it. Good bit of research of me. Brilliant research, Rizzo. Thank you, brother. The the brains of this... uh, Amateur... Brains of the operation. (laughs) Amateur amateur operation, if we will. No, so, as I was going to say now, we're half an hour in. We usually finish by now. I know, Unbelievable. Have you got? Have you? How many Red Bulls have you taken? No, I'm getting through natural adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, natural adrenaline is well how we felt Adrenal- over the next couple of games. I don't know about you. I mean, I wrote down talking about some Celtic Hearts games in December over years gone by. Um, the what? There's two that really stand out for me. Uh, good ones. The first one was Celtic one Hearts nil, uh, 1997. Craig Burley scoring, that was when Hearts Hearts had a right good team then and up until maybe May, no, no sorry, April March, May, was it March? March. March. Right. Yeah, you're right, okay, showing your age there John, so <laughs> they did have a, Hearts had a right good team that season for any listener who might not know how um, you know, Hearts haven't always been a jobber club, as you know, languishing right. in the championship, they were really really decent and that season they ran Celtic Rangers all the way, you know, up until the pretty much the end of March but that was a game that we really had to win and it was pivotal and I'd stopped in the 10 mm-hmm. and I remember it, it was a strange game though wasn't it because like we had all the ball but we couldn't really break hearts down they were a right stubborn team they set up really well against us um, and then you had Craig Burley just take it in the chest I think Larson might have set him up and he volleyed it in I think, it was, I, I think, I think it, that may have been Harold Bratback's debut because that's right, back in the days when we used to sit, you, there was no transfer window, you could sign players mm-hmm. in December, you could sign players in February and all that, couldn't you? It was a it was a strange era. I, I mean, I loved that era, eh, growing up watching Celtic, growing up watching football, it was brilliant. But that particular game, I always remember sticking in my mind when I was sitting in the North Stand, Block 102, that I remember my granddad saying to me how big that goal was, and he was right, because in the end, every point was critical that season, and... Aye. Stopping the 10 and winning the league and that Craig Burley goal was so, so well taken and it was just a, a pivotal moment for us. It was, uh, it was a big win. It's hard to believe now that games against Hearts were like sort of title besiders in a way. But they did push us for a, a long time that season. But no, Craig Burley uh, might divide opinions because, uh, now because of what he says, but he was a brilliant player for us. His first season especially, I mean. I think he won player of the year, like, fully deserved. Of course, scored the goal against Rangers at New Year. Uh, oh, no, I never. Was, was it him or Jackie Mack? Was him or no, it? Was him Jackie Mack Ma- 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 set it up. Of course, Jackie Mack set it up. Aye. But uh, no, he was a great player for us that season, and that was a big game and a big win. 
Ah, it was fantastic. I mean, lest we forget as well, to anybody that doesn't know Craig Burley, just like he was on the Four Tims on a podcast, um, he was a guest for GigPod 2 back in April he 2017. Was. He was he was fantastic, really, really good to speak to, dead insightful. And as you say, he, he did split opinion, yeah, but he was a really, really good guest. And personally, I mean, he was a brilliant player. It's fair to say that I'd say the player that took over for him in terms of like, replacing him was probably still in Petrov in the end, wasn't it? Yep, it was. I would say that Stan was probably Close probably even better than him. Eh? Yeah, but aye, agreed. Next game. Next game also noted was Celtic one Hearts now. Victor went quite similar to the Craig Burley gaming goal. Victor Winyama's amazing strike in twenty eleven. Um, you also had Fraser Forster, who was a huge part that day. Um, so Winyama and Forster both really played their part in. I guess it was started one in a row. It was there was a season that kicked off where we are now to try and get to ten. But aye, what was your memories of that day? Oh, Victor's goal! I think it was for like I think it was outside the penalty box. It was uh, yes. in the top corner. It was a belter. And then in injury time, Hearts get a penalty. Shortly enough, but uh, Big Fraser made a vital save. I think that was during the was it like twenty three game I beaten run or something. The it was, it was like, yeah, like midway through, yeah, because we kicked it off at Fur Park in aye. the end of November. Well, no, Rug- no, Rugby Park. Ah, yeah, you're right. But the, the real, the real sort of run was when we beat Fur, uh, beat Motherwell Fur Park aye. in seventh of November, twenty eleven, and we really went on <laughs> some run. I know. Me well and my, done. Thank you. I was talking about it with Grand Old Podcast Hamish um, a few weeks ago, though, so that always stuck in. It was in episode two we did a gig pod. But yeah, my memories of it uh, was when, when Yama scored that goal and Foster made the save. Do you know what it was very similar to? It had parallels of the game against Man United when Nakamura scored Nakamura scored that crucial free kick, but then you had the save from Boric. So it was like the, the save, just like Foster's and Boric. Like Boric's, it was probably celebrated more than the actual goal itself. Um, it was just so pivotable. It, ugh, pivotable. There we go. You see, I usually edit that out. I can't do that now. Pivotal, I meant to say. Yes, aye, I was, They were great. Now, also, uh, one that I've pointed out was a strange one in 2013 where there was all this talk about us playing Hearts and it was going to be such a tough game for us and Hearts were going to be up for it. All the cliches, but in the end, we won 7 0 when we beat them in 2013. Was that in the cup? It was indeed. I Lustig scored an absolute screamer for like 30 yards out and off the bar. It was a strange, strange game because I think Common scored a hat trick as well, I believe. By any chance, was that game of football in Utopia? <laughs> yes, that was that one. <laughs> I remember now. You you always had that right being your bonnet about that one, didn't you? It's because. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hearts were so crap. I mean, if we beat Rangers 7 or something, I fair enough. But I mean, come on, Hearts. Well, if we win today, if we win 7 on the day, it'll be a football utopia. Hearts did get relegated that season as well, didn't they? They did. They did, aye. They won the much Shame. Gop. Gutted for them. And the other Hearts December game that I remember having a real weird feeling about was the 2-2 one at Tynecastle. Uh, near Beaton opened the scoring. I think they equalised. Tom Rogic made it 2-1. And then that Osman So scored a screen area free kit in injury time. 
watched that in a pub. In you, watched that in a, you watched that in a pub with me? Ah, were you there? Yeah. That's right, yeah. That's, that's how memorable it was, John. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but it was we were both. Unfortunately, I think, I think an Aberdeen fan and a Rangers fan were there as well. They were, actually, you're right. It was a, it was a very strange experience, but when that goal went in... Exactly. Um, you, you still, I mean, it was just symptomatic under Ronnie Dial in that season, wasn't it? The players, yeah. I mean, at 2-1, just switched off. It was some straight right enough, but I think that particular game was just the one where you had just exhausted your patience with poor old Ronald. On reflection, it's probably a bit harsh on Ronnie. I mean, he was on a hiding enough, and really it was never going to be easy for him. And he won his two leagues, and... I don't know. I'm more. I'm more patient these days with football managers. <laughs> I know. I'm noticing that. Right. Well, look. We do indeed have uh, the game against Hearts today, John. Yes. Your surname is Reed, but two weeks ago yes. it might as well have been Park because you scouted Hearts while you were working at Capello. So give us a lowdown on them. Who should we watch out for in this Hearts <laughs> FC team? Come on. Uh, well, they won't be much cop. First of all, because I've seen their opponents Morton again, who. Oddly enough, on the third in the championship, which is weird because they're not very good. But no, I mean, uh, Hearts, I mean, I think their best player was probably Andy Irvin, who's a midfielder, who uh, sort of kept them going forward. It was him that set up uh, Jamie Walker. He scored both the goals. He set up their second goal with a great sort of cross-field pass that Walker ran onto. Uh, he's probably a guy wanting to stop. Him versus uh, Brown could be interesting. I mean, they're all pal Andy Halliday played. That day, he uh, he didn't really contribute much. Him and Irvin were sort of taking turns between one pushing forward and one sort of staying in the midfield. Naismith played, but he was quiet, really. And uh, Craig Gordon didn't have a safety make. So, I mean, I'd say they're sort of, if they were in the Premier League, they'd probably be like seven for eight or something. I mean, we don't have problems with teams like that. We only have problems with teams that are bought in the Premier League. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, though? Because, John, do you buy into this myth, this myth that people are saying that Hearts are a Premier League team? Because the last time I checked, Hearts were getting gubbed in the Scottish Premier League. They'd won, what, four games out of 30-odd. Um, mm. <laughs> they were dismal to watch. And they've created this amazing narrative, like, during when COVID shut down the league, they've, they've, they've created this amazing wee fantasy that, for some reason, Hearts were unjustly sent down and they were going to claw points back against the bottom six teams who, as far as I can remember, they only beat one of. I think it might have been St Mirren 5-2 at Tynecastle. They were appalling to watch. They were really, really bad last season um, and they that manager, that balloon Stendhal. I mean, Robbie Nielsen's Although a Although he, he did beat Rangers a couple of times. <laughs> That's what made it even more funny, but I mean, that <laughs> Rangers after the Rangers after the bye, John, me and you could have played up front for anybody no, and get a, get a result against them. It says a lot, but no. So I'm sorry, Hearts are where they are, deservedly. And Aye. while that is the case, I don't think like today is just going to be a walkover where we've got to learn our lessons from the past against them. But talking about you know us, how you reckon we're going to line up? Will Hazard start? Will Tumble start? Will Soro start? Well, there you go, that's what, the big questions. Uh, Hazard, no. I think Barkas will come back. I think we bought Barkas to play in big games. This is a big game. I think he'll start. It's a bold shout. I don't agree with you. I think Hazard's going to start. I think. I would rather I th- Hazard started, but I think it'll be Barkas. But even though you know Hazard's kept a clean sheet and the defence seemed really solid and robust against... 
Kilmarnock, you reckon that he's going to switch that up? Why would they do that? That would make no sense, surely. Because of what I said, he was signed to playing big games, and this is a big game. I mean, I know he's not been great for us, but I think Lennon will want to give him this game. Um, not to prove a point or anything, just to sh- show that that's why he was signed. Um, midfield now. Well, let's talk about the, def- the defence. I mean, who's going to be? Do you think Ayer? Uh, sorry, do you think Julian and Duffy mm. will retain the centre-half's um, partnership? Mm-hmm. I do, and I think Ayer will play it right back. And then what about at full-backs? Who's going to be there? No, I said Ayer will be right back. So you I think they'll play Ayer at right back, Ian. I think... The defence, so the defence takes care of itself. The midfield is where all the questions are posed because I know that there's so many Celtic fans, ourselves included, um, yes. about who's going to be there. Is it going to be, you know, Brown just coming in? Um, is Soro going to be keeping this place? I think the biggest one is we've got to have Tumbo there without a shadow of a doubt. Now, no, let's see if Brown, Brown's had a week. Um, we've, Brown's not had that way where he's had three games in a week. He wasn't playing against Kilmarnock and we didn't have a game in midweek. And it's fair to say, you know, players in the team should be rejuvenated and refreshed a bit. So mm-hmm. even if Brown does play, I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, red flags and panic stations or that. I think he'll, he'll be fine. But the big one is the creativity midfield now, because if McGregor, Aye. McGregor's going to be probably likely be in beside Brown. And we know what McGregor's like when he can be as creative or as, you know, as uh, energetic in the last third. He's got to cover a lot of what Brown can't. But Aye. Our creativity, and it's so, so vital that David Tumble plays, and he's sitting ahead of McGregor, uh, McGregor and Brown. We need, you, you saw, I mean, even just these set pieces alone, we are much more of a threat now. We, we are much more of a threat now at set pieces, John, when David Tumble's ready to, you know, take a corner or a free kick into that box. You've got Julian and Duffer, eh, Duffer, Duff, Duffy even, ready to hit There's another one that would have been edited flawlessly. Yeah, that's, your, but, that's your name for him, the Duffmeister. Right. I know. I'll just I'll say that was a that was a workshop. No, but right. Duffy and uh, Julian are just ready to attack anything, and we look like a far better team uh, when he's oh, playing I, now. It's vital where it starts, and I'm sure you agree. But do you think he will? <sighs> yes, I think he will. I think he's already shown how important he is in only the two games. He just has a new dimension to the team, as you said. Even our set pieces are much better. He loves playing like through passes in midfield to like players further forward. I'd be much more confident about every game going forward if uh, Tumble started, and I, I just don't see any reason why we'd leave him out. I mean, he's playing too well. I think Sorrow will be on the bench, which I feel a bit sorry for him. And I think Brown McGregor, uh, Tumble, but I just. Tumble has to play. There's no reason for him not to play. No, I agree with you there. He can't be left out. And as well, his confidence, you look at in the last two games, his confidence will be going through the roof. He'll be mm. right up for it. And I don't think, you know, Hearts won't have been... I'll go into Hearts in a minute and about what I feel about them at Hamden, but I don't think... I mean, you look at... Hearts won't be used to being up against a level of player like him. No. Week in, week out in that championship, and that's where it's vital that he plays. I can't stress that enough. Now on the wings... Who are you going with? Because I reckon, I think, I've got a feeling it's going to be Christy and El Yunusu on the wings. 
I hope it's no Christie in the wing because it doesn't work. I mean, I wouldn't play Christie at all. I'd keep him on the bench. So, I, I don't know really. Alien Rooster, I think I'll definitely play. I know you'll be happy with that because you're a big fan. Uh, the prophet himself. Uh, <laughs> I would keep Christie on the bench. I mean, we're playing better when I'm not on the team. And I think he'll be in the bench now. Do you think we'll play one or two strikers? I think we'll play one. I think Edward's going to be up front. I would think Edward. so. I still, I know he's been off the boil and he's been nowhere near as prolific as it was last season. But look, mm. this is a big game for us. He's a big game player, and if there's any player that I do trust, you know, it'd be one on one. It will be the big man himself, and it's going to be quite interesting because Craig Gordon, who we're up, who he's going to be up against, will know. So. He's played with Edward and he'll know, know, know his tricks, he'll know maybe when it comes to penalties where he'll put it, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting, but I still I'd, I'd be very confident going with, with Edward. I just think he's he's still the main man for us up front, no matter how how his form is. And I think, you know, if there's anybody that's likely to get a goal for this today out of nothing, it will be either Elunus or Edward, and I'd be going with him definitely. Uh, Elianusi playing just I would play Elianusi just behind Edward I wouldn't play him low on the wing but I don't know I mean we'll find out soon because the team will probably be out by the time half an hour finish. or so probably about half an hour or so won't it probably less than that I mean it's quarter to one game kicks off in 90 minutes so we'll find can out I, soon can I just tell you something yes uh, I'm just checking a couple of things on my phone because I don't usually check my phone when I'm doing these. But yes. apparently, your curtains are getting an absolute slagging. They're no mind, they're manties. <laughs> so, is, is that a guilt trip? Is of people going to be now having to take that back because it's your auntie's curtains? What's the problem with them? I don't, I don't know. I don't, see, I don't think there's a problem, but people apparently are giving them pelters. I don't know exactly what's been said. I'm just checking on my phone, just saying Reed's old curtains, curtains are getting a slagging. I mean, as long as it's not my bald spot or mother horrendous problems. uh... (laughs) Right, Buzz McAllister, let me move on now to the big bit that I'm a wee bit concerned about is, you know, it's a reminder that Hearts have turned up and they've beaten Premiership opposition this season at Hamden Mm -hmm. already in Hibs. And Craig Gordon and, like, Stephen Naismith, and as much as we give him powers, as much as he is an idiot, guys like Andy Halliday do carry experience and it's not going to be a stroll in the park today and we really should win, but... Are you concerned about the fact that they've already beaten Hibs? And are you concerned about the fact that, you know, they they, wrote, they were an, un, an underdog before? And they wrote so I've, just, I've just saw the comments about the curtains. And what are they saying really, about the curtains before you answer I'm, that? I'm truly, I'm truly hurt here. I'm not going to dignify them by mentioning it, but I'm truly hurt here. And I'm expecting an apology my aunt. Do you know what's so funny, John? It's in this, in this world of being kind, hashtag be kind and yes. this is a charity podcast as well for what mental health, your poor mental health is getting taken to the cleaners do you need five well, minutes to settle down do you want me to carry the rest on myself while I do that I'll only be able to survive by going and drinking a load of bottles of cider <laughs> after, after we finish but, uh, Wait, what kind of ciders are you drinking now? Uh, Copperberg the day I've got that's actually alright, I was expecting, oh, do you know what I was expecting to hear like flat warm strong boar Frosted Jack or something, but not Copperbergs. No, right, I'll, I'll go and buy a bottle of that to drink during the park after we win, of course. <laughs> just sitting, like, I just sit in a bench somewhere, raise a raise a bottle. We've done it, lads. That's what but uh, right, back on to Andy Hardy. What were you saying about him after we get signed by the Mad Cottons? Right, do you have any like concerns about the fact that Hearts have been underdogs before 
uh, and rose to the occasion. And and maybe this sort of thing suits them more. Are you a wee bit concerned about that at all? Because realistically, the pressure's off of Hearts here, and it's all pretty much on us. It's a free shot for them, and everybody is watching us, waiting to fail. And I'm just wondering how much of that is going to be playing in the minds of some players and all that today. No, I'm more concerned about what we do, really. If Hearts end up winning it, it'll be because of our mistakes. I mean, we are much better than them. I know that's not been a factor like in the past this season where we'll get beat off Ross County or drop points to the other teams we should be beating. But it's about what we do today. I mean, I don't really rate Hearts at all. We are much, much better than them. And if we're smart, we'll win. So I think it's not to do with them being underdogs. It's more about us being smart and sensible, which we haven't been too many times this season. But hopefully in the last few weeks we've showed that we are being smart and sensible. And if we do that, then the Scottish Cup will be where it belongs in Celtic Park. I agree. I mean, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's like Murrable when he played us in the, the second final. Aberdeen and Hearts this season before, you know, this one, they were all right. underdogs as well, and Celtic were professional enough to turn up and do the business, and that's all we have to do again, um, and just focus on that, and it is just all about us, it's, you know, it's the, the Craig Gordon factor, he's been there several times with Celtic, Stephen Naismith's, you know, done it with Angels, and I know Andy Halliday hasn't, but still, that experience will definitely still help Hearts, because he's been to, been to Hamden plenty of times in the past and all that as well, um, let me ask you this one, right, see cool. if... And I highly, no, I highly suspect we will. But if we do win today, yes. will that reignite our season? Uh, I don't know. I think winning at Ibrox would really reignite the season. I think. I think we're expected to win this game, and obviously, winning isn't easy. Only big teams and good teams can win trophies. They don't lose to teams like St Mirren. But uh, I mean, it will be good just to show that we've still got the mentality that seems earlier on this season to sort of go out the window that we're able to win big games so I don't know about sort of restarting the season like the kickstarting there again I, I don't know I mean I think for that to happen we'd need to win today then every game up until Ibrox and if we and including Ibrox and if we do that then we're really right right back in it what do you think? Well I like the fact that, you know, the, a lot of these players will be needing a lift, they'll be needing major confidence, and I think winning a trophy gives you confidence. And, I mean, the fact that the players... We, we've seen how, you know, Lennon and Celtic went on. Or they weren't at their best last season before the Rangers defeat at Celtic Park. Aye. But after they beat Rangers in that game, we didn't really deserve to. We still went on a run after it. Uh, you saw under Rodgers' teams when we won the Betfred against Aberdeen and Murrable, in mm. those games too we still went on a run after them maybe Rodgers what second season that was I think we faltered a wee bit drawn to Hibs and then we get beat against Hearts but the fact is a win of a cup does give a lot of players confidence it brings a feel good factor um, to the fans again and you know what they've just got to enjoy it if we do win it it can't be one of the ones where we you know it, it's won and then all of a sudden the next day it's back to negativity it should be enjoyed it's never been done before and I think after this season and after the year it's been and especially after yesterday's news we get more Covid restrictions I know it sounds daft and it's a cliche but stuff like this in football does 
give you a wee bit of a lift day to day and it's going no, to be... No, it does. It does and, and I don't think, you know, there's any Celtic fan out there that despite not agreeing with Neil Lennon still being the manager, despite not agreeing with how the club is ran, despite not agreeing with, you know, the, the way that the seasons went, I don't think there's any fan out there that's that's <laughs> wanting us to, to falter against Hearts. It's, you no. need to have a boost back, you need to have a feel-good factor back and I honestly, I, I think if we do win today, it will go a long way in seeing how like this run goes because mm-hmm. I don't want to think about not losing, but for Thompson, if we don't, you know, then we've got this run coming up where we've played Ross County, we've played Ross County who have now got, a, they'll have a new manager in place. They get rid of Stuart Kettlewell and you know what that's like when a team's got a new manager and that mm-hmm. it's it's always a trickier sort of fixture. So that's going to be tough now already. Uh, we go away to Hamilton who <laughs> they've won again. And Hamilton, pitch. Aye, and Hamilton now look as if the wee spell they've got out of that because they won yesterday. <laughs> they look as if like, they seem to do it every season. They, they they'll be getting a boost for that. And uh, then we've got Dundee United, who I watched yesterday, and Benjamin Segrist, what a performance he put in against Hibs. They didn't even deserve to draw. Hibs should have massacred them seven now. Um, and they'll again they'll get a boost for the fact that they drew a, a tough game away yesterday that they were expected to get trounced in or they should have got trounced in so it ain't going to be as easy as what we think and I know but I mean if we've got any little hopes around the league still we really should be winning the games we've been talking about uh-huh. I mean it doesn't matter how good they're playing we're better than them and it's time that we showed that really and as you say if we win the day it should give the players a boost going forward yeah, definitely, especially guys like, you know, Tumble, guys like Soro, <laughs> guys like Connor Hazard, you know what I mean? Lifting a trophy. Aye, that's you know, how being, being winners, being winners, and then, <laughs> as I say, as I said in the podcast last week, you've got a guy like Hazard who's now won a trophy. Um, say he keeps a clean shoot again today. That defence just trusts him more and more, and all of a sudden, this is a guy that's going to grow in more confidence and stature, and it can only be a good thing for the club and the team <laughs> on the pitch in this run to come. I was just checking if the team's been announced yet, but unfortunately. What did you say about your curtains? Are they slacking them? Still? I'm not looking at that now. I'm, I'm too upset <laughs> about that. I'm looking at Twitter now to check if the, the team's been announced, but uh, none yet. But a lot, there have been fans at Hamden not to uh, see the team coming in. So there you go. But uh, I, I mean, I don't know. We should win the day. I mean, bottom line, we should have won. All right, Stone Cold. <laughs> That's the bottom line, because John said so. Uh, they smash a couple of cans together <laughs> later on. But, uh, no, I mean, what, what, what do you think would happen? We've not talked about this. What do you think would happen if we did the win? What would happen with Lennon, do you think? Well, as the board have already said, like, you know, Bruce Hill boy's jumper who will get reviewed in the new year. And it looks as if it's going to be the case that even if the unthinkable happens today, it does look like he's still going to get until the new year and nothing's going to change, but I mean, people are going to be scunnered. People are going to be, I mean, adding to yesterday's, the mood around the nation yesterday was pretty pretty grim, pretty abject. And if the unthinkable happens today, you're going to have a lot of really, really annoyed people. Um, I don't think we would see the same scenes that we saw against Ross County, but there'll be a lot of calls for the manager and the coaching staff to be forcefully removed 
from Celtic. I personally don't think it would happen, even in the event of a loss today. But no. actually, let's just hope that doesn't happen. The, the, the thought of Hearts and their fans online and gloating and never seen. I mean, what they go on about that 5 1 stuff against Hibs, don't they? Like eight years later, they don't shut up about it. So, can you imagine what it would be like if they beat us? You would, you'd never we don't go on about games it. for the past, though. We don't do that. No, certainly. We've too much dignity. Of course. Especially, uh, <laughs> especially as Celtic fans, me and you, John, being the old school that we are. So, let me, before we go, I mean, we're, we're nearly up here. We've got Aye. four minutes to go. And My goodness. I know, but I mean, you're starting to get a nosebleed, I can see, because that's what that half and that three half hour slot we use. It's, it's the light for these natural, beautiful curtains. It's shining through. Um, <laughs> What's well, the prediction to, for the. I was game? just going to say, for the shoot, who's the host here? Sick. Alright, sorry. I'd say we're co hosts with equal 50 50. Like I don't know about things. that. My, I have had horrendous back pain since November for carrying this podcast, brother. But now, hold on a second. In fact, I've just thought, see, before we give the predictions, do you want to plug our podcast special coming up podcasts? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it yet uh, because I was going to. I'm waiting until it's. Uh, I'm waiting until it's all, it's all 90%. But aye, the fans will love it. Um, and there's going to be a competition that we're doing as well. That's right. But uh, yes, I'm going to wait until... It will probably be announced tomorrow or Tuesday um, for the next upcoming chat podcast we're doing. Um, it's going to be a, a massive feat to follow Spunk Phone, but here's hoping this <laughs> certain, certain ex-player can do it. Um, I know there's a lot of pressure on, but he handled pressure in certain games against Rangers very well but and uh, the competition will be really cool for fans it will just be good to do a giveaway and good luck to everybody concerned when it comes to that but no um, we're going to be back anyway tonight we're going to do a review pod so hopefully we'll be able to patronise a lot of Hearts fans hopefully we'll be Mm -hmm. I'll be able to you know, sneer my way through it for half an hour and you'll be able to agree with everything that I say as well for that time I don't know about that but the rest yes um, and yeah, so you asked me for a shoot prediction. I think I'm going to go away. I think Hearts might score, but I think it will be 3 1. I think 3 1 Celtic, and I'm going to say goal scorers will be. I think Edward's going to get back in the score sheet. I think El Yunus will score. And I'd like to see it rounded off by Tumble. It's what he deserves. But mm-hmm. I, I also can see a defender like Duffy or Julian scoring as well. Um, so I think we've got it right in us now because Hearts with their set pieces, they'll, they'll have like Halkett and that Popescu guy at the back. So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be quite a threat as well. But I reckon 3 1 Celtic. What about yourself, Rizzo? Uh, similar margin, 2 0 I'm going for. I think uh, Eddie and Ilyanusi a goal in each half. Hearts will, I think we'll hopefully score early on. Hearts will probably have a spell where they gaze a couple of problems and then score the second after about 60 minutes and then that'll be it. We can just take easy the rest of the game and then we're playing like three days later. I just realised we're playing uh, Ross County on Wednesday so no lot of time to celebrate. I mean, it'll be weird after the game. I mean, the players will just get the trophy. If we win, the players will just get the trophy then that's it. Aye. New lap on it, right? What a sad... What a sad day. 
We really? deserve a la- we deserve a lap of honour, John, for do. doing this for an hour. We're out a wee comfort zone of thirty minutes, but I think we've handled it well. But somebody that's handled it far better, I have to say. Look, a huge thanks to uh, Paul John Dykes yes. for organising this event, asking us to come on, and I think for everyone for tuning in. Like, hopefully, more money is raised through the course of the day. Um, well done to all those podcasts that have taken part already, and a good luck to all the other podcasts who are involved. The Grand Old Podcast guys are on in the main event tonight. Um, hopefully they are reviewing. Uh, hopefully they are is reviewing a good Celtic win. But a gig pod again, as I said, we'll have a review pod out after the final. Uh, we'll do a recording tonight. We'll get it out for you. You know, about nine or nine or ten tonight. Um, hopefully talking about another Celtic victory, Hamden. I'm Stevie once again. Thanks a lot for tuning in. John, I'll let you sign off in style. Right, I'd just like to say apologies for these curtains for a start. <laughs> I'll learn I'll uh, learn that lesson for next year. But uh, as you said... You won't be uh, asked back? Well, that's true. I'll, maybe, I'll be in a darkened room next year. But uh, as, I, as you said, Stevie, uh, brilliant uh, effort by Paul to get this incredible like achievement done, really, with all the different Celtic podcasts to raise money for four charities and this hope that it's a memorable weekend I'll just plug the podcast again and I'll just plug the charities again uh, Rock Talk Food Fact Friends Foodback Children First Help for the Homeless again if you go on a at ACSOM pod on Twitter the GoFundMe link will be there to donate on to uh, this brilliant achievement in fact I'll just have a look there now possibly you see how much that we've raised. The last we saw was over eighteen thousand pounds. Well, I can't do that. I can't get my phone to work. Oh well. But uh, brilliant work by Paul and the rest of the guys. I mean, this is Celtic Robert charity, and everybody's came together for an incredible event. And we'll be back on Gigpod later tonight with a review podcast. And let me just say, finally, the last last words. That was emotional, John. That was lovely. Thank you. Now, I used to think there was only two legends at Mary Hill, and that was Betty Old and James and Jim Duffy. But I would like to now go on record and say there's three. John Reed, you truly are. What an honour it is to be doing this with you. What a guy. Thanks, I'm touched. Truly a wonderful comment, and thank you. <laughs> We've been gig points. Oh, wait a Thanks second. A the, 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 what, oh, by the way, the team has just been announced. Right, well. I think Hazel starts. Right. And so does, and so does Brown, and so does Tumble. Okay, well. So, so there you go. We'll, we'll leave that to the next guys to talk. Leave that to the next guys. Let's not be greedy here. That's true. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. 
All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.